1 Corinthians 11.27 says, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer life questions submitted by our listeners every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you can submit your questions on our website. I'm your host, Chloe Weimer. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. joined by Pastor David Miller again, pastor of membership here at McGregor Baptist Church in Fort Myers, Florida. And today's conversation is about communion. Woohoo! So thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's good to be here again, Chloe. Thank yeah, you for you, inviting me. You did have a have an outfit change. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. If you're watching on the video platform, which you can on YouTube, quick plug. Um, he he did change his his shirt and I was like, you know what? We're recording on the same day, and I was like, I'm just going to roll with it. So, <laughs> But that is not pertinent to our conversation. No, it's not. <laughs> also, I just want to point real quick. So the bumper music, What do you, I want to hear what the listeners have to say about it. Because yes. Pastor David was just real blunt and honest when he first heard it come on. Do you want to repeat what you said earlier? I'm calling you out right now. But. Uh, yeah, I said uh, it it felt like a commercial from the 70s? Is that what I said? You said elevator. Elevator music, music from, from the, from the 70s. 70s. That's what it, either one works. I think it's kind of I think it's kind of vibing. So maybe it is like 70s because I said vibing, but I'm just like yeah. bouncing. I don't I, know. I was alive during the 70s. You weren't. So I have the authority to speak on this matter. Yeah, 97. Best year ever. I will say that. Not just because Ohio State oh. won the Rose Bowl because I'm here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Hey, before we get rolling, I want to I want to um, tell you that it's been really fun getting to know your sister Julia. Um, she's your younger sister, right? She is, and and she she is volunteering on the communication team, which I have the joy and privilege of overseeing the communication team here at the church. And uh, she's just a delight. I've known your family for a while, but I and I've known you probably more than anybody else in your family, uh, sans your parents, but. But it's been fun just getting to know Julia. So shout out to Julia. Shout out to Julia. She is actually the best. Like, and I'm not even just saying this because she's my sister. I mean, maybe I am, but like, actually, I don't know. I just think so highly of her. And she works so hard at everything that she does. And she's just never not kind. (laughs) She's a very kind girl. Yeah, she's. She's the best. If you don't know my sister, get to know her. Also, she does everything for social media for McGregor Podcast. So (laughs) if you see a post, it's because she hit send or post or whatever button she has to hit. She has awesome, like, she just, like, sees things and makes it happen. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about communion. Ah, yes. We're talking about the Lord's Supper. And so let's just go right in with the definition. The supper itself is is an intentional moment uh, when the church is gathered together, a local church is gathered together to to really partake in the elements of the bread and the cup, and those cause us to remember the the broken body of yeah. our Lord and the shed blood of our Lord uh, for our salvation, and and at the same time we're commanded to to look forward to. His certain return. It's a hopeful. It's a hopeful thing. It's a somber thing, but it's also a hopeful thing at the same time. So, 
Yeah, it's more than just the well. Well, now the weird little cup thing with the. <laughs> it's more than just yes. eating something and drinking something and saying like checking a box and saying you did it. Yeah, it's a powerful moment when yeah. the when the church is gathered, a local church is gathered, because it's a memorial service. That's what the supper is, but it's a memorial service like any other. I mean, you've been to enough funerals probably in your lifetime that you know when you go to a memorial service, the body's not there, hmm. uh, but you're remembering the person who has passed. And in essence, the most important person that has ever lived, his body is not there when we gather together wow, yeah. for the supper. Uh, but yet he is resurrected, seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf in that moment, and we are remembering his his uh, brutal death uh, and his glorious resurrection all at the same time. Yeah, it's like an empty casket just mm-hmm. sitting at the front, and you're actually in a... I mean, and, and it's a great picture because at a memorial service, you typically would be in a church setting, yeah, you know, and so sure. it kind of sets the scene mm-hmm. without even having to try. Right. It's kind of cool. Right. What are the prerequisites for partaking in the Lord's Supper? Well, because we've talked about it with baptism. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, a person needs to be saved okay. uh, to take the supper. That's 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 the first and foremost. Um, uh, baptism as well. Those 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 go together. Um, and and just like we talked about baptism previously, the Lord's Supper is for believers. Uh, so in and in the case of the observance of the supper. We're talking about baptized believers as as, as well. I think Pastor Russell said it uh, recently when we observed the the supper here that that he posed the question: Why would a Christian obey the second ordinance, which is the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. but not have obeyed the first yeah. ordinance, which is which is baptism? There's sort of a discontinuity there if if that's the case in a person's life. And so when you think about the call of the early church in Acts chapter two, it's repent and be baptized. And that is just as much a command yeah. for the believer as is do this in remembrance of me that, that Jesus said uh, to us as well. So so yes, there's, there's, there's a command and obedience issue. Yeah, I'm just having a mind blowing moment right now oh, because good. I'm thinking about how Sex is for marriage, yep. right? And it's just like if you skip to that without the commitment first exactly, or the, the wedding ring on mm-hmm. your finger, then you're not going to, there, there are consequences to that and you're not going to receive the fullness of its gift. Yep. And I think the same thing for skipping that step in baptism. So, yeah, of baptism. Yeah, I mean. and and uh, our statement of faith is the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, and it, it it specifically requires that the supper be for church members, and that's just not something we we adhere to because we have to, but hmm. we we believe that's reflected in the scriptures as well, because in the New Testament, salvation, baptism, and church membership all travel together. They're all traveling buddies. Did you ever see Jonah the Veggie Tales movie? Of course. Yes. That's one of my Khalil, favorites. Khalil. Khalil. Oh, Khalil. <laughs> He's my traveling buddy. I'm not gonna that, lie, not enough to quote it. Okay, well, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, so Khalil is Jonah's traveling buddy, and so these three things travel together in the New Testament: the 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 uh, salvation, baptism, and church membership. The New Testament does not know anything of a Christian that hasn't been baptized. Mm. That just doesn't even make sense in the New Testament. Uh, nor does it know of a Christian who has been baptized but is not a member of a specific local churches. Yeah. Um, so to be clear here at McGregor, I mean, we don't practice what's known as closed communion, um, but we do qualify 
inviting people to join us in the supper that they need to be a member a baptized member of a like-minded church yeah. as 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 we are and that if that's the case then they're welcome to join the supper with us we've <clears throat> and we would cite the example in Acts 20 of of several different groups of people coming together from different local churches and observing the supper uh, together in in Troas um, taking the Lord's Supper together, but not all being a part of the same church. So. Okay, so do you think that you have to be in a church setting to partake of communion? Then, yes, I think that's normative. Okay, uh, in the in the, and to get away from normative would 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 be a slippery slope. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, it's it's it it is. Uh, again, sort of like baptism, the, the ordinance is to be observed and celebrated within the context of the local church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, I, I believe it should be observed in uh, the local church. So. Yeah. so do you think that communion is symbolic or is there more going on? Um, yes, it is definitely symbolic. Uh, we, we would, we, it, it's symbolic, but it's powerful. So that's not to be missed. Just, just saying that it's symbolic doesn't negate the, the, the powerful moment where we observe communion and remember the Lord's sacrifice. Um, God gave us five senses, mm-hmm. uh, and He gave us all five of those senses to experience life uh to the fullest, yeah. and and it's so fascinating the way God, how God has designed the human body that our senses help us remember things. If I'm traveling in the in the in the car and I hear a song from the '80s, all of a sudden I'm taken back in my mind to middle school days and high school days for me. Or if I smell diesel exhaust, I drove a bus uh, to make money and earn my way through college, mm-hmm. and um, so when you know I had the morning shift and forty buses firing up all at the same time on the same lot. There's a lot of diesel exhaust. So if I smell diesel exhaust today, it's like in my that mind. That takes I'm, me back to when I rode the bus to school. Yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> makes I, me nauseous. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's connected to a memory for me of yeah. when I was in college driving a bus. That's how senses work. They, they help us remember. And so it's no surprise that the supper itself is, is tapping into all five of our senses wow, yeah. so that we might remember something very, very important that we were not present at, but that we believe and trust in faith, uh, which is Jesus's uh, crucifixion on the cross, his broken body, his shed blood, and, uh, and, and those, th- that is what we're remembering. So yes, it symbolizes those things. Um, in the same way that water baptism symbolizes the forgiveness of sin, water baptism doesn't forgive sin, but it symbolizes it. The, the, the bread that we take, the juice that we drink, symbolize the broken body and the shed blood of wow. Christ. They're not literally the, shed, the broken body and shed blood, but they symbolize um, the broken body and shed blood. That five senses thing is... <clears throat> Really amazing. I never thought about that before. He is a creative God in the way that he's designed the human body. There's no doubt about that. And how his commands work with the rest of his creation. Yeah. You know, and and there's an argument too, Chloe, that, that, well, if if we don't believe that we're actually taking the body, Mm -hmm. because Jesus said, you know, in Luke 22, this is my body, that that somehow we're, we're, we're not taking the Bible 
as a, literally God's word. Well, we do take it as God's word, but we read it in context. Mm. And Jesus was speaking metaphorically in Luke 22, or as he's quoted in 1 Corinthians 11 by the Apostle Paul, he, he was speaking metaphorically, and he does that in other places. I mean, John 10 is a good place to go when you see Jesus talking about, he refers to himself as a good shepherd. Mm-hmm. But yet, what did he do for for the 30 years before he began his ministry? Well, he was a carpenter, right? Yeah. He wasn't a shepherd. He was a carpenter. So what is he saying? Well, he's speaking metaphorically about his care as the shepherd for his people, the sheep. Uh, he also says that he's a door. Mm-hmm. Well, did that does that literally mean he was you know, wood slats on a hinge and swinging, you know, covering up an opening? No. It means he is the access point. He's the only way to God the Father. So he speaks metaphorically throughout the Gospels. Yeah. And and again, I believe this is one of those cases where he is speaking metaphorically as well. Um, so. I wonder if the argument is given that because God speaks metaphorically, like, should we, should we see the the Lord's Supper as metaphor, as a metaphor, like, should we partake metaphorically or, or I'm trying to word how, what I'm trying to say. I'm thinking out loud. Don't do this when you're recording. No, you're fine. (laughs) Life advice. But if, if you can like substitute different items, I guess, of uh, like Doritos and Coke at youth camp. Yeah. 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 Well, again, I was in youth ministry for a long time, so I I know exactly what you're talking about. No, I don't think that's healthy at all. I think think it, it demeans the supper. Um, and, and again, we, we, we do a, everything's, um, an analog, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's not the exact same thing. We're not, we don't use, uh, the unleavened bread that would have been used at, um, Passover that Jesus used in the Last Supper, yeah, and we don't use actual wine that was used in the first century in those days either, yeah. Um, but it's 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 close. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it also goes back to that five senses as an argument. Like yep. if you need the same things that you're eating and drinking to right of, to access those five senses. Um, so that's what we partake, but how do we partake of it? Well, it's funny. The whole point of Paul's writing and in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians is that the the church in Corinth was abusing the supper. Mm-hmm. I mean they, they they it was it was essentially it was a selfish free for all yeah. where where some people were so um indulgent that they were getting drunk while others were being left needy yeah. and and um they were they were being neglected actually yeah. so that was the context that Paul wrote the most famous passage beside the last supper in the in the whole New Testament, it's it's just a it's a great passage on the on the Lord's Supper. Yeah, I and actually can read over it if you want some go some right context. Ahead, I have it open sister. right here. Yep. It says now in giving the following. Sorry, my eyes are bad. I'm like 83 years old. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> now in giving the following instruction, I do not praise you since you come together not for the better but for the worse. For to begin with, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. There must indeed be factions among you so that the approved among you may be recognized. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one person is hungry while another is drunk. Don't you have houses to eat and drink in, or do you look down on the church of God and embarrass those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I praise you? 
I do not praise you for this, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is where it gets into the self-examination. Yes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself in this way. He should eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Good. That is the quintessential passage on the Lord's Supper. And again, remember, it's a it's a it's a memorial service. Yeah. So so Paul Paul is saying you're you're not doing the supper in the right way. You're you're neglecting it. You're 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 causing it to be dishonored in mm. the way that you're approaching it. And so um, if, if you think about a memorial service. A memorial service is not something that we would want to dishonor. Yeah, uh, that there is a there is a grievous and heavy seriousness to a memorial service, uh, and so um, w- what's the it's reason? Like laughing at a funeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typically, that is not the case. Um, now, for us, I mean, me personally, I'm thankful that Jesus died for my sin. I wish I wish it wasn't necessary, but it is. Yeah. And 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 that's why the supper is necessary too, because of my sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the sacrifice for my sin. So um, that that's a heavy thing to contemplate. And so there has to be a contemplative uh, tone or approach to the uh, supper. We can't be we can't be glib or nonchalant about it. Yeah. Um, and and that's a challenge, Chloe, and particularly in a world that is always vying for our attention where there's constant noise going on for yeah. us to even have a have a moment of clarity and think and ponder the depth of our depravity and what what God has actually done in Christ for us yeah. in saving us it's a it's a it's a big deal and so Paul makes it so clear that we do need to self examine ourselves and check our hearts is there a way that we should be preparing beforehand like practically yeah I think there are there are ways there's no magical formula or or, or any one uh, right way I think um, uh, I'll, I'll make a couple of suggestions to you um, read the last few chapters of Luke mm-hmm. uh, going from his arrest Jesus's arrest all the way to his resurrection yeah uh, that gives a healthy reminder going into the supper. Uh, of um, of what my Savior did on my behalf, um, but it's also a great uh, opportunity to evaluate your relationships. Um, and if there's an unreconciled conflict um, that is reconcilable, um, begin to work towards that. Yeah. Uh, I think the the supper should prompt us to do that in a way because what we're remembering in the supper is the is the reconciliation of what should be irreconcilable, yeah. which is us and God, rebels and a holy God, uh, but yet he made that possible. Yeah. Uh, so um, so I think that is a good way to, with us, with, a, with family, family worship, for those that do that, um, read through 1 Corinthians 11 just like you did and discuss it and ask questions about it along the way. That's always a helpful thing too, to be prepared for the supper. Yeah. Those who have been forgiven of much can forgive mm-hmm. of much. Yep. And I think 
there's so much beauty in taking it as a community because if it was just an individualistic thing, then we wouldn't be looking around the room and seeing that there are our brothers and sisters in Christ who have also been forgiven of much. And there's just so much of this now, I mean, we're now new in Christ, but so much of this dead sin in the room that mm-hmm. is no longer there. And there's there should be nothing that is dividing us as the body. And so it should be a reminder, like you said, to to reconcile your relationships. Yep. And, yeah. and, and doing doing the supper in, within the context of the local church is, is important too, just like we talked um, a few weeks ago about baptism. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, is it only a local church ordinance though? Or... I would say yes. Um, uh, it is normative for it to be in the setting, uh, to, to observe the supper in the setting when the church is gathered together. Um, again, the New Testament doesn't know of an individual taking the supper apart from the gathered church. That just, that just doesn't make sense in the biblical context. And, and <laughs> as we've seen the COVID season drag on... Yeah, uh, I was know, just about to say that. Yeah, yeah. We, we've seen more and more people try to get creative... Uh, and encouraging virtual ordinances, virtual baptism, virtual Lord's Supper. Uh, but, but what we have to remember is these ordinances are not new. Mm. So we don't have to be clever with them. Our, our problem in modern culture is what C.S. Lewis called chronological snobbery. I love that term. It's his, uh, but I, I use it all the time because he's right. We think we know better today just because we have more years on those that lived in the past. Also, um, this isn't the first pandemic that ever happened. That's <laughs> exactly right. Yes, churches have faced this before. Yeah. Uh, but we truly think we're better because we're so advanced technologically or intelligence-wise. Yeah. But God knows best, and down through the history of the church, uh, the supper has been taken within the context of a local church. If you think about that last step in the church discipline process in Matthew 18, mm-hmm. it is excommunication. So ex-communion means that the person is no longer welcome at the Lord's Supper table. So again, this is not something that, that we need to get creative with. Yeah. We, we do it within the context of the church, and, and that's, that's how it has been done, and that's the intent uh, in Scripture. So Yeah, when I learned that excommunication thing, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's just, <laughs> it's just mind-blowing to me. I think that's so cool. Well, excommunication doesn't make any sense unless it's within the context of a specific local church. Yeah, so, yeah. Same thing with the supper, too. Yeah, totally. So what about those who partake in communion? They may be a believer, but yep. living in habitual sin. Is there... I, I have... My my Grammy, I call her Grammy. Okay. She she has told me. I hope that this is okay. I didn't tell her that I was going to share this, but there was a time in her life where she didn't take communion because she felt like there was just some things that the Lord was convicting her of, and I was young when she told me that, but it always stuck with me. And I think about it every time I take of communion. Okay. I like I do that self examination self-examination, like, am I living in habitual sin and just not realizing it? Lord, reveal to me, this is a prayer that goes through my mind, like, Lord, reveal to me sin that I'm too prideful to see myself. But if some, so yeah, just go ahead and answer the question before I keep talking. (laughs) I mean, the answer answer is yes, the supper does help us regularly uh, take examination of our lives, which again, you just read in 1 Corinthians 11. So, 
Um, and, and it warns against taking the supper in an unworthy manner. Now, hmm. Pastor Russell and I would have a gentleman's disagreement on uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven when it says don't take it in an unworthy manner. Uh, R- Pastor Russell says it means uh, that he's talking about an unbeliever not taking the supper. And I would agree that that's a point of application of that verse, but um, I think believers can take the supper in an unworthy manner too. We can take it ritualistically. We can take it, um, you know, just going through the motions. We Hmm. can take it with unrepentant sin. Um, uh, Lots of different ways that we can do that because if we're holding on to our sin as we come to the supper, we're, we're mocking the sacrifice that that we're supposed to be remembering, mm-hmm. and and that it, in and of itself, if we are aware of it, there's lots of sins I'm sure in my lifetime that I've committed that I didn't repent of because yeah. I'm just my mind is so depraved I didn't even know I was sinning. Um, so, um, but but we don't want to intentionally dishonor the supper. So if your grandmother knew in that moment that she was in rebellion to God about a particular issue, yeah, let the plate pass, uh, yeah. and there's there's no shame in that. Um, but but to be able to get our heart right by examining ourselves, as the scripture tells us, I think I think that's what Paul is getting at because he says he says the unworthy manner can lead to us being guilty concerning the body and bloody blood of the Lord. Yeah. So so yeah, it it is a it is a serious matter not to be taken um, in in a lighthearted way. Mm-hmm. I was reading a book. I'm I'm working on my master's right now, so I'm kind of immersed in all things. Yes. <laughs> Ordinances, liturgy. Ordinances. Do you like that? Do you like that little wordplay there? Immersed. Yes. For baptism, <laughs> I've been I've been immersed in all of these things, and um, I was no, actually, I think the professor was talking about this, but um, he was saying, "What if a um, uh, a per, uh, just someone who has been visit, visiting continually to the church sure. and they come and they want to partake in communion, but they have not made the profession of faith and they, or they have made a profession of faith and um, they have not been baptized, okay. um, but they are living in some kind of habitual sin. Let's for just the scenario, like a homosexual relationship. Yeah. How he summed it up was um, this: the, to eat at the Lord's table is a gift, and so it should always, also, it should be a witness to Christ too. So, mm-hmm. if somebody is living in habitual sin, it should show them like what is what is wrong in my life that I can't partake yes. at, at this table. It should lead them to repentance. Exactly, yeah. it should be leading them to repentance. And so what happened in the story is um, the woman goes to the church and she's like, well, I think they were part- they were practicing a close communion and it would have okay. been more difficult to like see, but she was like, why am I not able to partake in the communion? Gotcha. And um, he sat with her and he was able to share the gospel with her mm. and she got saved and she's been a member and cool. like an active member at yeah. the church for years. And sure. I was like, that's just so encouraging because sometimes we see it as a ritual mm-hmm. more than we do as um, a witness. And there are, there should be people that come to the church <laughs> that are, are yeah. not believers. Certainly. Christians should be bringing their friends to church. And if they come and partake of communion, that's a great way to share with your friend, hey, like this is what this means. And this is, it's, and talk about it in an exciting way. Yeah. The, the, uh, the the real question that everybody has to ask is why do I want to take the supper? Mm-hmm. What what is my motive? If I think I'm 
doing some ritualistic thing that is getting me better into God's graces, then I'm doing a work of righteousness. Yeah. And 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 uh, or works. I'm attempting works righteousness, and that's that that's in vain um, because again, that's not the point of the supper. Yeah. There is there is no. Um, grace being dispensed in that moment, and so, but that thinking goes deep within a lot of people, and so what we're doing is we're remembering the sacrifice that made it possible for us to receive His grace. Yeah, it's a gift. Yep, again, it most certainly is a gift. It is a part of repentance, but it's also celebratory in a way. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit about I personally before we started this conversation yeah. live we talked a little bit about how suffering and joy go hand in hand yep. and we don't necessarily understand the mystery of that but God makes it happen so could you flesh out a little bit more our conversation sure. from before yeah um, you're well you're well articulate <laughs> well it's not my well articulate it's the <laughs> apostle Paul's his his the phrase that he takes that that he describes in Second Corinthians uh, six, I believe, is is that we we live our lives sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Yeah, that seems to be a paradox. Two things that are true at the same time, but shouldn't be true at the mm-hmm. same time. But they are because we live in a fallen world with the hope of a risen Savior. Mm-hmm. So yes, we are always rejoicing, but we we experience sorrow here in this world. And in the same way, the supper has both of those elements to it. Um, again, it's a memorial service that we should have a contemplative tone about because of the nature of our sin that has been forgiven, past tense. Uh, but it also should end on a hopeful note because Paul says himself in verse 28, as you just read, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Yeah. So we're doing it with the forward view of Eagerly and anxious, eagerly awaiting his his return. Yeah, uh, with with great hope that um, he he is going to return for his bride. It's so much more than just reflection. It's a sigh of relief. Yeah, and yeah, we can. Yeah, can I tell you a a, a funny but tragic story? Um, Go for a it. Long time ago, here in our church, um, I'm sitting. We used to do the Lord's Supper on Christmas Eve around here. Mm-hmm. Um, that may have even been before your family came. And um, so we've got a ton of lost people in the room because yeah. Christmas Eve here at McGregor is is sort of a, a thing that people like to be a part of and like to come to church with, which is wonderful because we preach the gospel now. So, uh, but, but back in the day, we used to try to do the Lord's Supper with all those folks. So <laughs> the elements are being passed. I'm watching the pew in front of me and a mom has a little kid beside her and she turns to the kid, do you want a snack? And and that, oh I mean, I just kind of froze for a minute, you know, because the kid's being unruly. He's being a kid. Goodness gracious. It's Christmas Eve. He's not thinking about church. Uh, but that was her view of what was about to happen. And that 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 is a tragic thing. Yeah. Uh, because the supper is not to be taken uh, in such a flippant way. Mm-hmm. It's to be taken in a in a serious way because of what it represents, what it symbolizes. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to the family worship stuff that Ryan and I talked about. If the parents aren't teaching that at home and more than likely if she was there on Christmas Eve, she probably isn't a member and she normally wouldn't partake or not partake or have family worship at home. So the little boy wouldn't know and she wouldn't, she herself probably wouldn't know. Right. So yeah, I could see, I I don't know how I would respond. (laughs) 
that's a very interesting situation. Um, but thank you so much again for joining me. This was I, I have learned a lot from you just sitting at oh, this table. Well, you're kind. This today. has been fun. I've enjoyed it. We have covered a lot of ground in today's episode, but my favorite takeaway is the concept of it being a memorial service. It is a sober reminder of the death of Christ that is required because of our sin, but it's also a glorious thing to look forward to. Amen. To our listeners, we want to know what have you learned from today's episode? How has God challenged you and how will you apply what you have learned? On the next episode, we will be talking about apologetics with my friend, Bob Vanderwilt. I am so excited about this. I actually, I am a high school Bible teacher, but my courses that I teach are based on apologetics. So it's all about defending the faith and not being a foolish Christian. To our listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. If you haven't yet connected with us online, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to talktruthpodcast.com for all the details. We'd love to hear from you. So write us a review, however you're listening to this. Thanks for listening and remember to talk truth.